Hello, my name is Nicole Van Galbert, and I want to welcome you to Choosing Happily Ever After, a podcast that focuses on values and practical tools to help us have peace, joy, and confidence so that we can create our own happy homes and lives. No fairy godmothers required. Thank you for joining me. If you have been listening to my podcast recently, you know that I've been pondering what it means to live your life well so that at the end of your days that it can be said about you that yours was a life well lived. I think this is an important thing to consider because it's difficult to live life well accidentally. You can normally get a few things right without even trying, but it's so easy to get distracted, to get busy, for time to just slip by and for you not to realize just that you end up wasting opportunity or you end up spending your time focused on things that aren't actually important. And so I find that it's really helpful to step back and pause, (laughs) to spend some time obviously with the Lord in this process as well, and just consider who you are and what you're about and what you want your life to be about too. And so that's what I have been doing lately, and it's been a good process for me. So this week, as I've been kind of processing these things, I have found myself in Matthew chapter 7. It's a really familiar story to a lot of us, but I am going to read it to you right now. It's Jesus talking about how you build. And so what he says, starting in verse 24, he says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. And when Jesus had finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority and not as their scribes. So he is telling the story about building your house on the rock and not on the sand so that it can withstand whatever comes its way. Because if the foundation is on the rock, obviously, it will stay secure. And if not, it will fall. Now, that was the New American Standard Version. I want to read the same passage again, but out of the message. And this is what it says. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, nor home over improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you are like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. 
When Jesus concluded his address, the crowd burst into applause. They had never heard teaching like this. It was apparent that he was living everything he was saying, quite a contrast to their religion teachers. This was the best teaching they had ever heard. I love this passage because the verse 26, the way it's phrased in the message, if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, like, ouch. (laughs) It's so easy to use words in Bible studies. It's so easy to go to church and to hear a message and to applaud it and to walk away and not work it into your life. It's so easy to mentally agree with something, but not actually have the reality of it in your life. To be like the religious teachers who didn't have authority, (laughs) who had knowledge, but then you have Jesus who obviously carried authority because of who he was, but also carried authority because everything he taught was completely consistent with who he is. Now, I know that nobody's perfect, and so as I share with you, there are going to be things that I know that I can teach that are not purely reflected in my life. So it isn't that anyone is perfect, but there is a difference between allowing knowledge to be what feeds you and actually being humble and willing to go through the painful process of growth, of actually being someone who lets the words of Jesus work themselves into your life, not just into your ears or into your theology, but actually into your life. You know, this is a pretty common story about building your life on the rock, and we talk about building our life on Jesus. But what's interesting to me is that when Jesus is talking and telling a story, he is referring to the things that he was just teaching the people. So if you go back, I'm going to read some of the things that he says in this chapter leading up to this story. I'm going to be reading out of the message, but I do encourage you to go back in your own time, whatever version of the Bible you prefer to read in, and just read through what it is that Jesus is teaching. It goes back even farther than chapter 7, but just for time's sake. But Jesus talks about having treasure in heaven instead of on earth. He talks about how you need to be careful with your eyes and what you're watching and putting in your eyes. In Matthew 6, verse 22, in the message again, it says this, Your eyes are windows into your body. If you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body fills with light. If you live squinty-eyed in greed and distrust, your body is a dank cellar. If you pull the blinds on your windows, what a dark life you will have. So I'm going to read just a little bit in a couple of the chapters or verses leading up to the story that Jesus tells. And these are examples of the words that we're supposed to be building our life on, letting these words work their way into our life so that our life display the reality. So for example, don't hoard treasure on earth where it gets eaten by moths and corroded by rust or worse, stolen by burglars. Stockpile treasure in heaven where it's safe. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. Now again, this is a familiar passage to many of us, but if you think about it, if you stop and think, 
about what it means if those words have been worked into your life. The reality of that is that heaven is where we should be more at home than on earth. How do I make heaven the place where my treasure truly is? How do I make heaven the place where my heart is? How do I get more connected to heaven than I am here to earth? It's really easy to become greedy and to become distrustful and to look at the world through cynical eyes instead of through eyes of faith and wonder. I am not going to keep going verse by verse, but the point is, is that as you read through the verses leading up to where Jesus talks about building your life on the rock, you'll be able to get a good judge of if Jesus really is the one you're building your life on. Are you really building your life on the teachings of Jesus? He talks about money. He talks about trusting God. He talks about the way you treat other people and how you're not supposed to be critical. And again, in the message, chapter seven, it starts out by saying, don't pick on people, jump on their failures, criticize their faults. Unless, of course, you want the same treatment. That critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. It's easy to see a smudge on your neighbor's face and be oblivious to the ugly sneer on your own. Telling you, (laughs) these verses are so convicting because it's so easy to be seeing the things that are wrong with other people instead of looking at yourself, right? Verse 6, don't be flip with the sacred. Banter and silliness give no honor to God. Do not reduce holy mysteries to slogans. In trying to be relevant, you're only being cute and inviting sacrilege. Don't bargain with God. Be direct. Ask for what you need. That's what it says in verse 7. Verse 13, don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff, even though crowds of people do. The way to life to God is vigorous and requires total attention. All right, I could go on, but I feel like this is <laughs> this is enough for one sitting for a podcast that should be easy listening, right? Maybe not easy, but I'm also trying to leave you encouraged and not discouraged. And the encouragement is, is that in this life, there is so much uncertainty. There are so many reasons to be critical. There are so many reasons to be afraid. There are so many reasons to worry. But we don't actually have to be subject to any of that. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be critical. We don't have to fear what might come. We don't have to fear lack in any way. We don't have to worry about provision or circumstances. Because the one who allows the words of Jesus to work themselves into reality in their lives is the one whose life can withstand a storm, any kind of storm. It doesn't matter if it's a tornado. It doesn't matter if it's a flood. It doesn't matter what the source of the storm is, where the storm is coming from, what direction, how it's hitting you. It doesn't matter because if your life is firmly built in such a way that the words of Jesus have worked themselves into reality in your life, then you are able to withhold the storm, withstand the storm. And I, as a mom, am so incredibly comforted by this fact, because I'm going to tell you 
that it seems like the world is getting scarier. Now, because I am someone who loves history and has spent a lot of time just studying history, reading history for fun, I don't really think that's actually true. (laughs) I think the world has had pockets of darkness since Adam and Eve. But that aside, as a mom, while the culture around me seems to be getting less and less secure, and I am seeing as my kids get older and I'm sending them out into the world, it is very tempting to want to worry or to have fear over them or to have fear over my own future. And the good news is that my life is not subject to fear, that I have no reason to worry, but that what I do have as a mom is a responsibility to teach my kids to build their life on the rock, that I do have the responsibility for myself to allow the words of Jesus to work their way into my life to become a reality. And that means that I don't just listen to them and applaud, but that I actually open my heart to the Lord, that I actually invite him in to bring conviction, because, you know, the Holy Spirit is so good at that. And not just to bring conviction so that I feel guilty or ashamed, it's not that, but so that I can see the areas in my life where I'm not trusting him, that I can see and acknowledge the areas in my life that are lacking. Again, not just so that I admit my lack, but so that I can actually change, that I can be humble enough to admit to him that I need his help in changing, that I can be humble enough to the people around me so that I can repent when needed and I can ask for help and I can allow the messiness of the process to actually work good fruit in my life because it will as long as I don't abandon the process. And that's the really good news. It's good news for me and it's good news for you too that you don't have to be secure in every area at the beginning. The Lord knows that that's not where you start out, but he allows, there's a grace for the truth to be established in your life for him to be firmly established in your life if you will just open yourself up to the process. If you won't be afraid of the mess, if you ashamed of the mess of process or embarrassed by it, but if instead you will be open to it, like I'm just going to tell you the older I get, the more thankful I am for the Lord's patience and grace. The more I recognize how much of my life still is in process, but I'm less and less afraid of process and I am so thankful for it because even though it's messy and it can be uncomfortable and sometimes a little embarrassing, (laughs) I know that there is going to be good fruit that's going to be established. I know that if I allow the words of Jesus to be firmly established in my life, that my life will become more and more secure because I'm rooted on the foundation of his words, because I'm rooted on him. And so when storms come, they have no effect on me because I can't be swayed because there is something, a greater weight that is at the center of my life because there is something that sustains me that storms have no power against. It's so easy to be distracted by circumstances, but I know that circumstances are going to come and go. Things are going to look dark. 
and then they'll get better, and then they'll look dark, and then they'll be brighter tomorrows. That is the nature of the temporal world. (laughs) That's how it is, because the enemy is at work. He's been defeated, but he is at work. And so that's just what happens. But the good news is that Jesus is at work too, and he cannot be defeated, and his government is increasing, (laughs) and his rule and reign is increasing, and his rule and reign in my life personally is increasing, and so that means that I am governed by his kingdom. I'm governed by hope, and I'm governed by peace, and I'm governed by love. I'm governed by things that darkness has no power over, and as long as I allow the process of Jesus's words to be at work in my life until they are established as a reality, then I am going to be secure and his kingdom is going to be secure in my life because it will be established. (laughs) Just like in this story, I will be the one who is built on the rock and so will you. So (laughs) I want to encourage you A life well-lived is one that doesn't abandon the process. A life well-lived is not one that is perfect, but it is one that continues the process, allowing the good work of Jesus, the words of Jesus, to be established in your life until they bear good fruit. And as that happens, not only is it going to give you peace and hope and love and security and all of those things, but you are going to be able to be that for the people around you as well. You're going to be able to be a shade and a place of hope and help in the storms for other people. But what it takes is embracing the process, not being swayed, not being ashamed, not being embarrassed, not being too proud, but just accepting that you're on a journey. We're all on a journey and staying on the journey and allowing the Lord to establish his lordship firmly and securely his authority in your life. I hope this is encouraging to you because it is meant to be. We're in process, but it gets better and better. We're going from glory to glory. And so as we are in this holiday season, I just want to bless you that you may be in fresh awe and wonder of the goodness of Jesus of the reality of this season, that you may be in fresh awe and wonder of his reality, his presence in your life, his work in your life, and that you would open your heart anew to the process, that you would open your arms and embrace it, trusting fully in his ability to produce good fruit in your life and his ability to establish you securely on a firm foundation so long as you just allow the things he has planted, the things he is doing to continue their process. This is a good season. This is the start of a brand new year we're coming up to and I have every reason to believe that it's going to be my best year yet and you do too because the Lord's work in your life is increasing. And he has good plans for you. And what his kingdom establishes cannot be affected by circumstances because it is great in all of that. So be encouraged. Be of good cheer. 
bless you guys. Thanks for listening. And I look forward to hearing from you or talking at you, I guess, next week. And always in the meantime, you can find me on social media by searching for Nicole Van Gelder, The House. But really just bless you wherever you're at. I hope that this encourages you, (laughs) maybe slightly convicts you if you are being encouraged to wake up, but mostly encourages you that there are precious things in this season and there's a reason to stay engaged and to stay awake and to be a part of what the Lord is going to do. Blessings to you.